Good morning. It's good to be with you as we continue together in our time in Acts. As you can see, um, well, if you're watching this, I'm, I said if you can see, of course, if you're podcasting this, you can't see. I'm trying different places around the church to kind of create some uh, space to uh, record these videos. Um, you know, we have a lot of activity in our church, and so sometimes uh, you may hear a lot of ambient noise. And so I said, I'm, I'm going to look around and try to find a quiet spot. So, um you know, this is, it looks like a closet, but this is not a closet. I'm up in our, our youth room. So um, one of our youth rooms upstairs. So um, I think this should be qu pretty quiet. I, I like, heard a lot of comments about like having a desk. And I like having a desk as well, somewhere to put my put my tea or my coffee in um, my Bible. So we'll give this a run and see. Uh, try to get the lighting right. I'm not good with lighting, but uh, close some blinds. I got a little 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 thing behind, behind the camera there, kind of trying to help with some light. So, you know, we'll see. But um here we are. So we're, we're going to uh, be back in Acts today. So those of you who are podcasting, that was just a waste of a minute and thirty seconds. So, but uh, try to try to set the scene, get the get the mood just right for those that are y'all that are podcasting as well. So uh, today we're going to be in uh, Acts one. Still, we're going to read Acts one to the end of the chapter. We um, finished yesterday with um, the beginning of Acts, where we we see that Luke is writing this to Theophilus. We talked about that, and then we talked about the ascension. So today we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about how Matthias was chosen to replace Judas. So we'll read verse twelve through verse twenty-five. Uh, this is Acts one twelve through twenty-five. And they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer together with a certain woman, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. In those days, Peter stood among the believers, together the crowd numbered about 120 persons, and said, Friends, the scripture has been fulfilled. The scripture had to be fulfilled, where through the Holy Spirit, through David, foretold the coming Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in the ministry. Now this man acquired a fear, a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all this bowels gushed out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem. So the field was called in the language Hadakamala, that is, field of blood. For it's written in the book of Psalms, let his homestead become desolate, and let there be no one to live in it, and let another overtake his position of overseer. So one of the men who accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness to his resurrection. They proposed to Joseph called Bersabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. They prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and the apostleship to which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. They cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias. He was added to the eleven apostles. Okay, so let's talk about what we see here. And a casting lots always makes me think of something um, my Wesleyan professor did in seminary. Uh, John Wesley, off of this passage here, was known to cast lots sometimes when he was making important decisions. So Dr. Bryant, when we had a big test in, in our any of our Wesleyan studies, he would give, he'd give us the test. He'd say, "Okay, here's your twelve questions. Here you go. Here's the test right here." He'd give us the test. And then on the day of the test, he would cast lots to see which three we would have. So we had no idea what three questions would be on the test. And so we had to learn all 12 as thoroughly as, thoroughly as possible. And then he would cast lots on that, uh, on that day to see who would, um, to see what, 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 um, what, um, 
questions we were doing. Casting lots for Dr. Brian was kind of rolling my dice. Um, so here we see uh, the 11 apostles who remained. And let's talk real quick about the difference, what an apostle is. Biblically, an apostle is an individual to whom Jesus Christ physically appeared. See, we say here, we see here it says, from the day of baptism until he was taken up from us, they accompanied them. So an apostle was somebody to whom Jesus Christ physically appealed, appeared. He, he, they, they saw him in the flesh. And this apostle was an individual that Jesus gave a specific mission to for the building of the church. So thus we have the 12 apostles. Now, why must there be 12? You know, we had 12 before Judas betrayed and committed suicide. Why must there be 12? Well, 12 is one of those important numbers in Scripture. How many tribes of Israel were there? 12. So if we see the church as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies and covenants, then just as there were 12 tribes of Israel, so must there be 12 apostles. So even though one was no longer with them, they still had to have that extra one, that 12th, to signify that just like there were 12 tribes of Israel to show forth the old covenant, so must there be 12 apostles to show forth the new covenant. So they cast lots between Abersabbas or Justice and Matthias, and Matthias was chosen. So he becomes he becomes an apostle. Um, so this the apostles were set aside uh, as I said earlier, they were phys Jesus physically appeared to these apostles and gave them a specific mission. And the apostles here, the 12 apostles, their specific mission was the ordering of the church. And we'll see this throughout the book of Acts, that these apostles ordered the church. They taught, they preached, they shared, they led. They were the leaders of the earliest church. Um, Paul later becomes an apostle where Jesus physically appears to him on the road to Damascus and his apostleship was for the Gentiles. So we see here these 12 apostles, they were the first believers, if you will, the first members of the church, the, the starters of the church, and they ordered the early church. We'll see them play an important role throughout the rest of scripture and frankly throughout church history. Um, then we see Paul become an apostle with a specific role of taking the good news to the Gentiles. So, um, and notice it says here, uh, the verse 15, it says, On those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the, the crowd numbered about 120 persons. So remember, um, Jesus had layers of followers. He had the, the closest he was to, Peter, James, and John. Those were his, inner, if you will, the inner circle uh, that Jesus had. Those were the ones who went with him to the um, Mount of Transfiguration, those are the ones who were the closest to him. So he had the three. Then he had the 12 from there, the 12 apostles, to which Matthias becomes one. Then he has the 70. If you remember in Luke's gospel, we see Luke, we see Jesus send out the 70 to do ministry. And then he has the, the 120, and that was everyone who followed him. That would have been the women, that would have been the other followers. So you see in Jesus three levels. 120, those were the follow. those were his, his closest, those were the followers, the crowd, if you will. Then you had the 70. The, the next level of discipleship. Then you had the 12, then you had the three. And that's important because not everyone can do everything. And Jesus, as, as the son of God that he was, also had layers of relationships with individuals who then went out and made form relationships. I know when I was younger, I thought I could be everything to everybody. I thought I could save the world. Now I'm just trying to be faithful in my daily life. 
know, life has a way of life has a way of chastening you, doesn't it? And if you live long enough, it'll chasten you and show you your weaknesses. Um, but um, Jesus, I think, modeled for us. Now, he, of course, he was Jesus. He can do anything he wants to. I mean, he literally rose from the dead, so there's nothing he can't do. But Jesus, I think, showed us how we should structure our relationships. That um, ultimately, our circle of influence is going to be smaller than we think it is. The people whose lives we're really going to change is going to be smaller. Um, Jesus understood that. And I think he modeled that for us. So much of what he does in scriptures models for it. I mean, Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he did it to, to model for us baptism. I don't think Jesus needed to have these levels of relationships. He's Jesus. He can do what he wants to. But I think he modeled for us the importance of church. And I think he modeled for us in church the importance of our core relationships. That we need those people um, by our side. We talked last week about Paul's friends who were there with him. We need key relationships. We need we need our small groups, but we also need our larger groups. We need people beside us. And so Peter, James, and John had that very distinct relationship with Jesus, especially Peter. We see Peter uh, preach on Pentecost. We also see Jesus uh, forgive Peter uh, when he fell. Uh, we see the closeness of them. But we also see John. John was the one to whom Jesus sent Mary to after he died, before, him, after the, before the resurrection. And even after the resurrection, Mary continued to live with John. We see these relationships. And so I guess I would ask for you as, as a believer, who are your people? Just like I asked last week with, 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 with Paul's friends, who are your people? We need that small group. Jesus modeled it for us with Peter and James and John. And then with the 12. And then with the, hundred, with the 70 and the 120. I think we need a worshiping community. That's a larger group. I think we need a, a, a smaller group, um, whether it be a Sunday school class, whatever. But then I think within that small group, we need even a closer few. I've got levels. I've got my church that I'm part of. I've got my Sunday school class I teach. But then I've got a group of four of us that meet together, five of us every, I forgot myself, I'm one of the, the four, one of the five rather, that we meet every uh, week on social media, on um, FaceTime, to pray for each other and talk to each other. We need our groups, y'all. And so I guess I'd ask this to you in closing today. We see Jesus' model this far. And say if your faith feels a little dry, or you feel like you don't have that connection, I want to ask you this. Who are your people? What group in your community, in your church, have you devoted yourself to? Where have you plugged in? Because if we only walk by ourselves, we'll never find the connections that we want in church or in religion or in relationship. So this morning, I really want to push you. If you don't have a group in your church, in your community, find one. Find one. If you're part of St. Matthew's and you don't have a group, reach out to me. I'd love to help you find one. Because I know in my life, it's been a life changer for me. And, I, and Jesus is modeling for us today in this. So today, who's your group? Um, we see that Matthias joins this group and becomes one of the apostles. And helps order and lead the church in the days to come. And he, he had his group. So today, who's your group? Um, we're going to see in the coming days the importance uh, of the apostles' ministry in the early church. And tomorrow we're going to look at Pentecost Sunday. It's an exciting day. So we might spend a couple days in Pentecost and talk a little bit about that. So, hey, thanks for watching uh, or listening. I hope you're enjoying these studies and acts. Um, and I uh, will be back with you bright and early tomorrow. Have a great day.